0: In the evening on June 7th, 1992, Janice and Stu McCall were starting to worry. Their daughter Stacy had just graduated the day before and had gone out with her friend Susie to some graduation parties happening that night. They were expecting a call the next morning and as the hours crept into the next day with no word from Stacy, they were getting concerned. After hours of trying to call their daughter, Janice decided to go to Susie's house to see what was going on. There was no answer at the door she went into the house and didn't find anything amiss. Stacy, Susie, and Susie's mom were gone. Hi, everyone. Thanks for stopping by our table of disappointment. This is How They Got Away, the show where we discuss the unsatisfying endings to your favorite unsolved or unpunished true crime and corporate greed stories. I'm your host for today, Annalise, and I'm here with my co-host. Oh my God, it's Kelsey. (laughs) But look a
1: shock on your face. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's doing like a long, fun intro. This is going to be fun. And then I was like, I don't know where this is going. And, and then you're like, oh, she goes to the house. I'm like, oh, and they're dead in the house. And then there's nobody in the house. And I'm like, it's like the opposite <laughs> of the call is coming from inside the home.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's God. an interesting case. It's fascinating. Um, I'm hooked. It I'm It's unsolved like most of cases, but let's go so let's take it back a bit to june 6th the day before our case takes place in springfield missouri a town in kind of the bible belt of the south um stacy bacall 18 years old and suzanne susie streeter 19 were both graduating from kickapoo high school that's a fun name these girls it's a fun name (laughs) These girls had been friends since second grade. Um, Stacy had actually moved when she was 11, but had moved back a couple of years later. And during that last semester of high school, they like became really good friends again. They kind of rekindled that. That's so cute. Oh. Yeah. So they crossed the stage for their diplomas at Missouri State University's Hammond Student Center looking forward to the future. Stacy was looking forward to joining a sorority at Southwest Missouri State University. She was saving up her money working as a receptionist at Springfield Gymnastics and modeling wedding dresses at a friend of the family's bridal shop.
1: She's I gorgeous. Was I was never, say. I'm not gonna say I'm not gorgeous cause I, you can tell by my voice, I'm very hot. But I'm also not like, oh and I just casually model wedding dresses on the side hot.
0: Let me show you. I also don't picture. have a family
1: friend who owns a wedding dress shop, so there's some shadows in this. But
0: so on the very left is Stacy, with brown oh hair, <laughs> and then next to her is um, Susie, which she has kind of like blonde with a reddish chink kind of hair at the moment. And then that's uh, Susie Small on the other side. Um, but these are these are, are the three women oh
1: man I feel like the photos always make it really really real and sad because you're like oh wow those are whole ass people and not just like a narrative we can't just stop right here Annalise they just graduate and then they go to college and that's the end of the story
0: yeah they graduated they're really exciting they get there but it's unfortunately not what happens So Susie was going to go to cosmetology school to be a cosmetologist like her mom. Very exciting. They're looking forward to the future. Big things are going to happen. After the ceremony, they had taken some pictures. They had dinner with their family, and then they decided they were going to go to a couple of graduation parties happening that night. So the plan for that night was to go to these parties, hang out with all their former classmates, and then they were going to drive to Branson, Missouri, and stay at a hotel because they had plans the next day at Whitewater Theme Park with a larger group of friends.
1: That's fun. That reminds me of our senior trip. We did something similar. Theme Parks, man. I hate the part of the beginning where you're like, oh, man, everything's going so well for these people. Surely nothing bad can happen at this
0: point in the story. And it's like, no. So at around 830 that night, they're at a party in Battlefield, Missouri. At 10 p.m., Stacy called her mom to say that they had changed plans and Susie did the same. They weren't going to drive to Branson anymore. Instead, they're going to go back to Springfield and stay over at their friend Janelle Kirby's house. The drive to Branson would be about 50 minutes from Springfield, and after driving kind of like 20-ish minutes to Battlefield, then 20 minutes back to Springfield, I can imagine that they kind of just didn't want to drive anymore, and they didn't want to miss out on any more of the fun parties happening later that night.
1: Also, I mean, they're graduating high school, I have to imagine there was likely some drinking happening.
0: I also thought about that too. At 1.30 a.m. that night, they were arriving at another grad party in Springfield, but they didn't end up staying because a neighbor called the police on the party. <laughs> so, you know, scatter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> scatter. <laughs> I just imagine, because I've never been to a party where that happened. I just imagine the, the like, stupid high school movies where everyone drops everything and are running and jumping over fences.
1: (laughs) This is where Kelsey's college experience comes in because I have been to a party where the police were called. It was not so dramatic because most of the people there were in college and were legally old enough to drink. But also like the way the word spread through the party of like the cops are here, the cops are here. Hey, uh, are you old enough to drink? Because if not, the cops are here. So you need to go. And so like just kids are jumping over the fence to the like this uh, gas station that was behind this house just to be like, oh, we weren't part of that party, officer. We are just loitering in this
0: gas station parking lot.
1: which honestly that's and then they left and then everyone came back over the fence that's all that happened
0: incredible incredible so because there wasn't go- much going on in this party anymore they were off to janelle's house to sleep except there was a pro- problem with that a bunch of janelle's family had come for the graduation so there really wasn't a lot of room oh no so you know the girls were like that's fine We'll just go to Susie's house, because Susie over here has got a king-sized water bed, <laughs> So <laughs> we're going to go sleep in that instead of sleep on the floor at Janelle's.
1: Hell yeah. I've always liked the idea of a water bed, but I imagine in real life they're not that great.
0: Did you hear about, there's a case that has to do with a waterbed that's like
1: tr- I. D- d- that is for another day on at least. I am well, not emotionally sold. ready for the waterbed story.
0: <laughs> I know, not, but I'm though. not. You're not. It's bad. Anyway, moving on. Horrible case. I think about it every time I think about waterbeds. It's not great. So.
1: I wasn't going to say it, but also me too.
0: (laughs) So Susie and Stacy drove their two separate cars to Susie's house. And so they arrived at 1717 East Del Mar Street around 2.15 a.m. That's not too late for like partying. Yeah. So at home was Susie's mother, Cheryl Elizabeth Levitt. She was 47. Cheryl was a single mom. She had divorced Susie's father, Brent Streeter, in 1973. She did have a second husband, Don Levitt, but they also got divorced in 1989. So it
1: was just Susie and Cheryl. 1970s is pretty early for getting a divorce, I imagine, especially in the South where. They have a lot more traditional values. There's probably some stigma she would have faced as a single mom.
0: And then to get divorced again, too.
1: And divorced again, true. But you know what? Good for her. Good for her.
0: So they had recently moved into that house in April. Um, As mentioned before, her mother was a cosmetologist at a salon on West Sunshine Street where everyone loved her. That's so cute. Uh, she had over two hundred and fifty clients.
1: That's a. I don't actually know if that's a lot of clients. I don't know how many clients beauticians usually have, or cosmetologists.
0: But a good sign that she has loyal customers. Yeah. So, Cheryl had been home all night after the graduation ceremony with the family dog, a Yorkie named Cinnamon.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> A Yorkie named Cinnamon, that's so It's cute. so cute. So she got the call from her daughter at 1030 about the initial change in plans. Um, at 1115, she was talking with her friend on the phone. And in between that, she was doing some housework, refinishing a chair and painting a chest of drawers like a DIY queen.
1: <laughs> she reminds me of my mom. My mom's been doing a lot of DIY stuff and like staining wood making like a big old wood clock. So like very mom energy, just Hmm. adult child. I don't, you know, she's doing her thing. I'm doing my thing kind of energy. Yeah. So
0: 2 15 AM, they come home. We move on to the morning of June 7th. Oh no. The group going to the water park, specifically Susie and Stacy were supposed to meet up at Janelle's house that morning before heading out. At 9 a.m., when the two didn't show up, Janelle calls Susie's house and leaves a message. By 12.30, Janelle's figuring her friends are just kind of sleeping in late after a night of partying and decides to go over to Susie's house with her boyfriend, Mike, to see what's going on. There were three cars at the house, one in the carport to the side of the house, which was Cheryl's. Um, And then there was a curved drive at the front of the house where Susie's car was and behind that was Stacy's car. So all the cars are there. While knocking on the door, they noticed that the porch light outside was shattered and Mike, trying to be nice, kind of swept it up and threw the glass away.
1: Oh, Mike. Oh no, Mike.
0: As they continued to wait, they got no response, but found that the door was unlocked and decided to take a look inside. Now, that isn't so odd for this time period to leave your front door unlocked. So that wasn't suspicious in and of itself.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they're your friends. It's not super weird, especially if you think they're sleeping in that you're just going to pop in and be like, hey, you know, we have plans. Mm -hmm. But also knowing what we know, it's like, oh. Oh.
0: Just stomp all over this crime scene. So they don't find any sign of Susie, Stacy, or Cheryl, but they do find Cinnamon who appears to be agitated. He came up to them like yapping, barking, jumping, which was very unlike him.
1: I was going to say that seems like normal for most Yorkies that I've met. That seems kind of normal behavior, but I mean, I don't know Cinnamon personally.
0: We don't know, sort of personally. According to what the papers say, this was kind of weird for him to do. This
1: poor dog, he's like Yorkies are little dogs. It's not yeah. like they really have much firepower behind them. And like all three of the people well, his two owners are gone, and this girl who probably came around the house quite a lot, he's at least familiar with Stacy. It's like this poor dog couldn't do anything. I feel really bad for the dog.
0: I know, right? <laughs> He was left behind. <laughs> as they continued walking around, they noticed that all three women's purses were left untouched and that there were cigarettes left as well, which was odd because both Susie and her mother were heavy smokers. They even noticed that the TV was left on.
1: This is kind of giving the, like, the Sims family murder vibes where, like, they walk in the house and it's, like, clearly in the middle of people having been living a normal life and now they're not there so that there's something clearly wrong with that situation but it's also like you know it's not like there's blood all over the floor it's not like something super obvious but it's just that little like that's not right this person wouldn't leave the house like this
0: a little like uncanny valley yeah Janelle and Mike decide, okay, this is odd, but maybe they went to another friend's house before they meet up for the trip, like a quick popover. It might not be that weird that it's there. Maybe Cheryl's stepped out real fast. It's not too odd yet. So they go over to their friend Shane's house who hadn't seen them, who had actually been sleeping in and was missing the whole water park thing. So woke him up. (laughs) They decide to go to the house again. And they keep their eye out as they're walking through the neighborhood. They stopped by the sub shop to see if maybe they stopped there to grab some food. Nothing. They come back to the house and as they're kind of walking around taking inventory again, uh, the phone rings. And Janelle picks it up. Oh no. On the other end was an unknown man who just made sexual innuendos the entire time on the phone. So Janelle's like... (laughs) (laughs) click I'm not taking that just you know hangs up as soon as she hangs up another call she picks it up more of the same hangs up again what the hell
1: did a like guy watch the house and knew they were there oh that's so freaky and gross I mean that's weird and gross like on its own I don't like this is back in the days of landlines like i'm just gonna sit in my kitchen you know i know what i'm gonna do see i'm gonna call this phone number and i'm gonna make as many sexual like how good at improv are you did you write down sexual innuendos before like just think about it like you like just you gotta hit you can't give them a second if you're trying to do this harassment on the phone you can't give them a second to break in so you gotta have them locked and loaded did you write these down before calling so that you'd have them ready to go like or are you just that good at improv when it comes to sexual innuendos like what
0: and also you're gonna spend your time on this it's so odd it's so odd so stacy's parents now at this point have been trying to get into contact with their daughter with no response for a couple of hours Her mom, Janice, had called Janelle's house because that's the last she knew where her daughter was. Um, Just wanted to get an update, was trying to ask if the girls were up, if they were heading out, only to be told that her daughter did not, in fact, stay there and so was at Susie's. So you gotta imagine the mom, like, this kid did not update me on her location. Like, what is she doing? A little bit bad.
1: And this is this is like we were saying. This is the days of landlines, no cell phones. So it's like it's not like you're gonna send a quick text to your mom. It's like in the no. middle of a house party, you're like, "Hang on, guys, I need to call my mom on the landline in the kitchen."
0: This really wasn't like Su- um, Stacy. Stacy was normally very good at letting her parents know where she was. I guess there was one point where Stacy tried to sneak out. And her mom was just there as soon as she snuck out and caught her immediately, red handed. And that was like the only time that she has ever tried to do something sneaky like that. She learned her lesson immediately. And became very good at telling her mom where she was and what was going on.
1: I'm just imagining her trying to like sneak out through like the kitchen door or something and she's like, It's dark and she's like real. Like, trying to be real sneaky about it. And then the light just comes on, and then there's her mom just sitting in the kitchen with, like, a mug of tea or something, like, Hi! What's <laughs> yeah. up? Yeah, Janelle was that the youngest. A, a baller parent move.
0: Yes. Janelle was the oh, youngest. they knew.
1: Like... They yeah. knew. Yeah. That was not coincidence. They knew exactly what was gonna happen. They've already been through it.
0: Yeah, she had two older sisters, from my understanding, so... Mama Janice knew what was up.
1: <laughs> they knew the moves.
0: Yeah. So Janice then calls up the house, leaves a message, uh, Susie's answering machine to have her daughter call her back. Having no reason to be really concerned at this moment because, you know, might just be there, might be sleeping. It's kind of early. Um, the Bacalls go and enjoy the summer day out on the town. But when they got home, they still had no messages from Stacy. So Janice tries calling multiple times, sounding increasingly worried. Um, she eventually makes her way to the house, but I do want to say one source said that um, one of Stacy's friends, I assume Janelle at this point, had called Janice to say that all of Stacy's stuff was at the house, but she wasn't. And in some sources, it also sounded like Janelle was kind of waiting at the house at this point and had picked up the phone when. Um, Janice called one of the times, and they couldn't kind of have conversed. So, either way, Janice is making her way over to the house. She brings one of her other daughters with her, because even if they get there and Stacy's there, they're going to take Stacey's stuff if she's not there, take her car. Like, it's just sitting in the driveway right now. You know. Mm-hmm. So, she takes one of her daughters with her, they go. Janice gets to the house and finds the same things that Janelle had seen earlier. Now, this is when Jan- Janice kind of starts to worry, and she wasn't the only one, because at this point, about 10 or 18 people had ended up at that house, and were kind of waiting around, oh, milling around.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, it's wonderful that they have this many people that are concerned for them and are looking for them, but, oh, no, 18 different people have been in this house by now.
0: And we know what happened with the John Binet Ramsey case when you have a bunch of people milling around in a house.
1: And it's like a, the early 90s. We know from another case that they'd only just started using DNA like five years ago. They're not good
0: at it yet. <laughs> so this group ends up listening to messages on the message, message machine, looking through Cheryl's phone book to call anyone who might know where they are. Uh, someone, at some point, even suggested they make coffee in the kitchen, which was shot down by the group, but they're getting comfy.
1: I get that, like, when you're in this situation, your brain is trying to make, like, any anything but something terrible, like, excuse for why things are the way they are. But at this point, if you're just going through a phone book, calling everybody like, hey, have you seen so-and-so? It, maybe just call the police at that point. Especially if you've been there so long that somebody's like, why don't we make a pot of coffee?
0: Evidently, while listening to the messages, Janice comes across a, quote, strange message, as she put it. But it ends up getting deleted. Because oh my the God. messaging machine was one of those that would erase the messages after you, you listened to them. So, any messages that were on that messing machine that they were listening through were gone.
1: Listen. Listen. They had no way of knowing that, probably. But this is why you call the police. This is why they have policies
0: in place so this doesn't happen. Oh, no. Janice says that she doesn't remember what that message contained, which I don't blame her because I think it was weird. She just remembers it was weird. I don't blame her about this though, because I think they were just kind of jutting through the messages to see if there's anything important. And she's probably getting very stressed at this point. So I don't remember, I don't blame her for not remembering the exact contents of this message.
1: Uh, yeah, but it's also like, why are you guys going through these people's voicemails? If it's gotten to that point, maybe just call the cops. Like, I mean, you don't want to waste their time if they're just like down in the way at the grocery store, but it's also like, ah, oh, it's hinky because like, it's not really their fault, but it's also like, why didn't you call the proper authorities to do
0: this? Eventually, Janice, after talking to her husband, Sue, thought that's enough waiting around. We're going to call the police department. Note, she did not call 911. She called the police department directly Because she didn't think this was an emergency yet.
1: I could understand that. But also, it kind of is. Because three people have been missing for several hours. But also, they are adults. They can just leave. That's a thing they're allowed to do. I don't know.
0: So, Officer Bookout... Answers the call and tells Janice that they're going to file a missing persons report. And bizarrely asks Janice for Stacy's dental records right then and there.
1: Oh my God. At the very this- least, that's inappropriate. Cause like you're basically telegraphing. You think her kid there's like a non zero chance or dead her, her kid's dead and unrecognizable. So that you'll need dental r- what don't just say that out
0: right yeah this of course freaks janice out <laughs> but whatever eventually book <laughs> poor out or and- woman i know this poor woman is like oh my god this is this what we're going to now immediately so eventually book out and his fellow officers arrive at the home and after taking inventory of everything they kind of usher all of the people that were in there out <laughs> they're like there's too many people in this house right now you gotta get out as long
1: as it happens eventually
0: yeah they take inventory and they lock the front door and of course janice mm-hmm. is like why would why are you doing that like how would they get back in if you lock the door
1: oh janice oh janice we're past that point i'm so sorry
0: they're securing the scene, and Bookout leaves a note attached to the door that states, quote, when you get in, please call 864-1810 and cancel the missing person's report. If they come back, that is what they're to do. I mean,
1: yeah, they've only been missing, like, at not even 24 hours at this point. Yeah. It is t- totally possible, even though they left their cars, that they went somewhere with somebody else and are going to be home. But, like, I feel like the mom being, like, how will they get in is, like, a clear denial of what's happening at this point. Yeah. Because while people can just go off and do something, generally speaking, they do not. Yeah. Like, that doesn't really happen.
0: The next day, on June 9th, the FBI get involved, and it kind of kicks off a larger investigation. They kind of call them up, like, This was happening it's starting to escalate june 13th the community was out searching in the woods around the area like just walking the woods as people do during these missing cases no avail there's nothing there
1: so are the girls are one of them under 18 because i understand the fbi gets involved as a matter of course when it comes to cases that involve a minor or was there something else about this case that because the FBI didn't just get like get involved whenever I think
0: I was also curious about that. And I am curious about the dates of when the FBI got involved. So I think the NBC source said that they got involved this next day, but I'm not positive. So some of them just mentioned them getting involved later. I think it might also be possible that this police department was kind of not prepped for this kind of case. So they might've called it assistance because they just weren't, you know, prepared.
1: Clearly not if the first question that guy asks is, hey, do you have her dental records on hand? Just in case we need to compare those to something, you know? I also think it's so sad when a search gets to the point where you're just looking around the woods behind their house. Cause that's such a, like, yeah, that's definitely like very valid. And you can find some things, some evidence that could be really useful. But also I think there's an undertone of like, what are you looking for here? Are you looking for evidence? Are you looking for the people behind the woods and their own behind their house? Like there's an undertone to these searches. I think when they're not looking in like places a person would go to willingly and you're like, Oh, what are we thinking we're going to find
0: on June 14th? The TV show America's Most Wanted brought the women's photos up, like up on the screen. And so this brought national attention to this case. They were on TV. The story was talking about. They were like being searched for. This is national now. The police got thousands upon thousands of tips and were working around the clock, literally 12 hour shifts in and out, trying to follow all the threads presented. Um, I think... Again, I think that this police department was a bit overwhelmed, it kind of underprepared, especially once you get circuiting national level thousands of tips and you're trying to hunt down all those leads, it's a pretty big, like the magnitude of this case it's they for. It's a lot. Yeah. But they did seem to be like running down every lead that they could. They even got a lead that there's a river in the town and that someone had seen something in the river and they had police officers go out and literally walk the river. Like at the shallow parts, they yeah. literally went in and walked in the river, walked down the river at this like couple mile stretch just to see if there was anything. So, there, I think they are doing their darndest, but I don't know if they were ready. Mm-hmm.
1: It always happens that way, too. It's always like a sleepy town. There's like three guys who are just in the police department who are really just there to be like, hey, Stop that if you're, like, graffitiing something because that's, like, at most what happens. And then suddenly something absolutely devastatingly horrible happens and they're like, I know how to write tickets. That's what I do every day. And now I have to search for people who are, like, probably knew these people, at least tangentially. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a community. So it's like, now I have to go find, like, my friend, my neighbor, a girl my daughter goes to school with. And i write tickets most of the time that's my job most of the time
0: so what were some of the leads about what happened first off due to all the people walking around the house there was very little that the police could label as evidence that hadn't been tampered with or handled already
1: the voicemail machine really gets me
0: i was gonna say especially the discarded porch light that Mike had slipped up and the phone messages that had been erased. As we know, the women's belongings were left at the house, including Stephanie's clothes, or sorry, Stephanie.
1: Um, <laughs> Stephanie's been murdered. That's why she's not in this recording.
0: I was going to say, um, including Stacy's clothes, a lot of them, meaning that she likely only had on a t-shirt and her underwear and that's it.
1: Yeah, probably rest for bed. Mm -hmm.
0: One of the leads at the start of the investigation was about a neighbor and a classmate of the girls. Um, His car had been stolen. So news reports were asking people to look out for a 1991 red Chevrolet Cavalier, but that didn't really get anything. They kind of ruled that out. They did a couple of days of talking about that and kind of urging people to look for it because It was close by. Someone could have, like, tried to take it away, but that didn't get anywhere, ended up not being really relevant. A few days later, after the disappearance, a person called in a tip that a blonde woman in a green van was seen going by Cheryl and Susie's house and allegedly kind of yelled at the window, don't do anything stupid, and, like, drove off
1: like the night that it happened or the day that it happened a
0: few days later who is she yelling w- it to it's weird i really don't understand this tip but it comes up again later huh. so there was also another missing case of three women in Oklahoma that disappeared on May 29th, 1992, which the public had initially thought might be connected. I think that's fair, that's weirdly similar. So, Wendy Camp, her sister-in-law, Lisa Rini Kreger, and Wendy's daughter, Cynthia Brito, were missing for like 24 years until it was revealed that Wendy had been, and the rest of them, had been murdered by her son's grandmother, Beverly, no. Um, Wendy had been in a custody battle with the father about the boy, um, but the boy was living with Beverly, and I guess she decided to kill Wendy in order to raise the boy herself. Okay. So the bodies were hidden in a septic tank that was then buried by Beverly's brother. So it's safe to say that this isn't connected because that is a highly personal motive and even before we knew that happened even after before the 24 years had passed police had kind of ruled it out it was kind of a vague similarity but there was nothing really
1: yeah it was worth looking into i think for sure but it sounds like not not it just we're just killing women in groups of three just as we're just happens
0: i saw another case that i didn't look into yet but you know how Sometimes, so sometimes I look at Wikipedia to kind of get the gist of a case before I decide whether or not I'm going to dig into it more. There was another yeah. missing three case that I was thinking of connecting to this one. If this one wasn't going to be so long, but it and this ended up having enough length to it that I just kind of left it. But I might come back to that. But missing in threes is a thing.
1: And it's funny because like that's a lot of people to control at once. So it's yes. an interesting number.
0: So an initial suspect was Susie's ex, Dustin Rickla. Um, Dustin had gotten into some trouble with the law when he and his two friends went into a Springfield mausoleum and stole golden fillings from a body.
1: Okay. So obviously partners and ex-partners first in the wave of list of suspects. That makes sense. And you're young, and young people do do stupid shit a lot. But also, if I had been dating a person, and, you know, it didn't work out for whatever reason, but then I find out later, and not even that much later, like, maybe, like, a year or two later, that that person broke into a mausoleum and ripped gold fillings out of the teeth of a dead body. Because those don't just, like, come out. You gotta, like, get at it. I would have so many questions. Oh my God.
0: So Susie had given a statement to the police about it. And so some people thought maybe Dustin in his anger went to go like mess up Susie. The two were there. And so he killed all of them. Um, he was in the area at the time that Susie disappeared. But I don't really think it's related to this case. This is the only thing that I could see that he got in trouble with the law with. And it was like him and his three buddies, they're probably being stupid teenage boys and decided, we're going to go to this thing. Like, I don't, I don't think that he escalated from pulling some teeth out to murdering three women. It's possible. I don't really think that there is a connection there. And there really isn't any evidence to support that.
1: There's definitely something in the psychology of a person that is okay with desecrating a corpse that would you know there's something there for sure but also like it, it sounds like he didn't get in that much trouble if he's in the area not that much later so it's maybe he would yell at her i i don't know there's also something about desecrating a corpse with your two friends that seems very kind of cowardly to me
0: it sounds honestly <laughs> like a dare i don't that think he's did <laughs>
1: It really does. I don't think he did this, but I am gonna roast the hell out of him for being a coward again.
0: What are you doing, bro? What was that?
1: <laughs> and the gold—the gold like, Also, I guess for, like the gold's like not that of... valuable. Yeah, it's not that valuable. So you've desecrated a corpse for what? Thirty bucks. <laughs> because you like it's that's clearly like a like a street cred thing. Even though it's yeah. not really that cool, you know?
0: I can just imagine a group of boys be like, oh, We're gonna go break into a muscle, yeah.
1: I am. I'm trying to imagine what this guy looks like because I'm halfway between emo guy, thin as a rail, and like, jock who's just that dumb.
0: The fact that his nickname I is also Dusty is. gives a vibe. It does.
1: Dusty like a corpse. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and yeah, I don't think he was involved, but we're going to roast him for the next five no. minutes.
0: I just think it's funny. Um, A bit of a reprieve from how heavy this is. <laughs> <laughs> so Robert Craig Cox is the most well-known suspect for this case. Hmm. Robert is an army vet who worked in Springfield as an underground utility worker and had at one point worked at the same place as Stacey's dad for a while. He was convicted in 1988 for killing a Disney World employee, 19-year-old Sharon Zellers, on December 30, 1978. However, the conviction was reversed in 1989 due to insufficient evidence. So
1: he maybe killed another, not at Disneyland. She just worked at Disneyland and she worked at, but in Florida. In Florida, okay. And so he was convicted because they thought he had evidence. And obviously that's a whole other case. We don't have time to get into it now. But like, so he maybe killed this other girl. But also then they looked at it again and were like, no, he didn't. And it's like he sounds like a a blue-collar worker some you know maybe he's just like in a lot of like areas and has like a lot of access i'm wondering if like that's you know like i'm just trying to figure out like what about him screamed yeah he who killed that disney worker and then also these three women in
0: 1995 this man held a 12 year old girl at gunpoint in decatur texas oh
1: okay so not a good guy not a good guy not like a wrongly convicted innocent man just didn't bad guy didn't maybe didn't do this specific thing
0: okay yeah yeah, okay um which he ended up getting a life sentence for and so he was serving that time in prison
1: well so he kidnapped a 12 year old that's that's really really bad and held her at gunpoint I'm not saying I don't think that's bad enough to get a life sentence, but like I would expect there to be more to that case if it was like... Did he...
0: there. There is a wild discrepancy between like what things get life sentences and what do- what doesn't, so... It's I think also there Texas. Was, like, kind- there's also Texas. I think there's also like a piling on of like he got 15 years for this and 15 years for that and da 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 That makes sense in 1996 robert was being interviewed while in prison and he said something about the missing woman he said quote i just know that they are dead that's not my theory i just know that there's no doubt about that end quote so was he from missouri did you say he was like from the area so at the time he was in the area so he went from florida okay. to springfield to texas
1: Okay, so it's not like they were just, he unprompted just talked to at a random case.
0: No, he had lived there during the time. Sorry, I should have made that clear. Um, no, no, no worries. So... I mean,
1: it also had been four years, so like, from purely a true crime perspective, maybe he was just giving his expert opinion as a criminal that he was like, no, no, whoever did this definitely killed them.
0: This is when police started to look into Robert in relation to the missing woman. Um, He had claimed on the morning of the disappearance that he was at church with his girlfriend, which at the time she cooperated, but then later she kind of backtracked and said that she only said that because Robert told her to.
1: So he's not like a good guy. So had already clearly done some sketch stuff. Maybe he just was like, I don't even want to get involved in this. I want to just be ruled out immediately. I don't want to like fall into like he knows the criminal system, he doesn't want to get dragged in, or he was involved. Like, there's not like, those are the really the two reasons you would lie about your alibi.
0: Yeah, there was also he had also at one point said that he was like at his parents house and then his parents cooperated. But there's like, again, there's insufficient evidence for him to be part of this. And the police kind of believe, here's the other thing. I did see in some places and not in all Places that were retelling the story that Robert had told journalists that he would reveal where the women are after his mother died, is which was also dead. In... I don't know at this point. I saw like two articles state that, and the other ones didn't. So I don't really know what this man was trying to do or what he was trying to say.
1: Maybe he's Some... just trying to get attention.
0: That's what a lot of people were thinking: is that he was just trying to get attention and notoriety. But the police kind of rule him out.
1: Yeah, because it doesn't sound like he's uh, said anything that only the killer would know. He's just kind of said things that anybody could say. But also with the like weight of him being in jail for a different bad
0: thing. So it's like, yeah, that alone gives it weight. Do do believe that the women were kidnapped by someone who had some kind of experience because it was so this is a weird way clean. to put it but it was so clean like there wasn't yeah. a big disturbance the women were just gone like there was the porch light was broken so that was a thing but besides that there wasn't really much amiss no one It heard definitely sounds like
1: yeah no screams nothing it definitely sounds like somebody i agree it definitely is somebody who has experience in this that somebody who came to the door and like crushed the light so that they couldn't see who was outside so they'd open the door and then well, here's the thing maybe the held them at gunpoint or something the light bulb's intact so the light was still there that was my like that was my big theory it was that they like
0: he crushed the light so that it would be dark but my one idea might be that if he was t- trying to drag someone out of the mm-hmm. house maybe one of them smashed it trying to get away or trying to like squirm out like that would make sense to me otherwise i don't I have no idea why that light is shattered or maybe the outside like a casing and not the light bulb
1: yeah like what maybe he like smashed it and then do we know if the light was still working like maybe he untwisted it some or something so that it would be that was that was my big thing i was like oh he obviously did that so it would be dark so they couldn't see him when they opened the door
0: but I, I don't know specifics on whether or not it still worked. I knew that the light bulb was intact, but who knows? Maybe it was still like a little bit unscrewed. So,
1: I mean, Either why would way. you do it that way, though? Why wouldn't you just break it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Why don't you just but, go full okay. ham?
1: So it's like it's past two in the morning, maybe three or four. They go to the door. They at some point break the light for some reason. Who knows? i would imagine the mom would probably have answered the door because she's the owner of the house maybe one of the girls would have answered but they'd been partying so i imagine they would have been like upstairs sleeping or something and then he probably a gun i'm imagining a gun and maybe there were more people maybe it was more than one because three is a lot to control it begs the question if they knew that many people were in the house because like even they didn't know they were going to be staying overnight that night until they did True, but unless they were watching the house that many
0: cars my question also True. is here there's a couple of questions um one TB was on so i think it was pretty soon after they arrived home Cheryl was mm-hmm. probably still up waiting for whatever or something was happening so TB was on so someone was sense. up at the time um two I do have questions about whether Stacy's clothes, like she had gotten ready for bed, or they had come in, the people were already there, and it was taken off of her. But there's no sign of a struggle. So, again, weird. She still had her underwear on. So, or they were taken. Either way. Yeah. Weird.
1: So, I don't think they did anything like violent in the house other than like holding them. Yeah like at weapon point because you're right there's like nothing in the scene that indicates any sort of struggle or any violence so imagine they like got them out of the house the calling at the phone is weird. could be nothing could be nothing could just be some weird prank dude or it could be maybe somebody was watching the house and saw them come back in and were like i'm gonna freak them out because i'm i'm weird i'm crazy I stole three women, and now I'm crazy. I'm gonna call and do this weird thing. Three people is a lot to control, and like you would have to plan that. And they didn't even know they were gonna be there till the night of. Did
0: they change plans? Were there more people? It could be anything. That's what's so confusing. And there was the three cars outside, so you would have an idea that there was multiple people inside. There's not a minimum of three sitting there. Yeah, so you know that there's quite a few people in there. Again, I think that they probably, cause I gotta imagine if Susie and Stacy came home and the porch light was broken, that they might've tried to clean it up or they might've been spooked out a little bit. So I gotta imagine that- all would've happened given them after. pause. Yeah. I have to imagine that all happened after they had gotten home. Mm-hmm. So someone, I think they were getting point, ready for
1: bed too. It doesn't really yeah. make sense for them to have one of them undress partially and not any of the others and just her i think yeah. you're right
0: it's odd what the hell in happened um in 2002 that's a jump a green van emerged again same lady got a call the police got a call from two women about a green van being driven by a couple of men this time near a concrete company so police trying to track down this lead see what comes of it brings cadaver dogs They did find bones in three different spots.
1: Okay, that's very normal, very not weird. But also, like, how did these women... Like, obviously, they had more information than it's a green van. They had, like, a picture of it. But, like, 10 years later, you see this van, you're like, that's the van. That's the fucking van.
0: So, they dig up these bones. After testing, they're too old to be the missing woman. Too old. There's somebody There else are other
1: random human remains that are just, <laughs> they're just here. It's fine.
0: A year later, the police went to uh, Cassville to some farmland where they found, one, a part of a green van and two, possible blood. The blood thing was then tested and it was inconclusive about what it was and what was going on. So that was like dead end.
1: And they're definitely
0: sure it's the green van and not just somebody else's green van green bumper i cannot tell you what's going on with this van i'm so confused about what is going on with this van
1: and i was so curious as to what like a tip or some kind of evidence or tracking down like all the different green vans in the state like what led them to the farm i also love the inclusive blood stain. could be blood could be barbecue sauce this is the south they do love their barbecue Could be either.
0: So in 2007, a local writer hired an engineer to use ground penetrating radar at the Cox South Hospital after rumors that the women had been buried there prior to construction.
1: Oh, okay. I was going to be like, what about this hospital is like, oh, they definitely got buried there. But if it's a construction site at the time, that
0: makes sense. So the radar did pick up at three spots that were roughly the same size but when the writer had submitted this to the police the police never requested to destroy or search the parking lot where those spots went off their talk said that it was too costly to destroy the whole parking lot just to see what these three spots are and that they were like a little suspicious about whether or not it would actually be anything so nothing i
1: could understand that because, like the ground penetrating radar, especially in the early two thousands, wasn't necessarily like it's there's something there, but there's nothing that like goes off on the little machine that's like there's definitely human remains right here. Like, so say the special ground signaly things. So it could it could also be nothing. It could be leftover pavement. It could be, you know, random pieces of construction equipment or wood. I understand that, but I would have at least hired my own like something through the police department to have somebody else run through to like confirm the results if they were worried about the validity of them
0: so Susie and cheryl were legally pronounced dead in 1997 but janice stacy mom refuses to pronounce her daughter dead until she knows for sure that she is dead
1: i understand that i also imagine like for them because you were saying they kind of just assumed she hadn't gotten back to them and kind of went about their day. I imagine there's a lot of guilt around that. Yeah. And then also then having to pronounce your child dead after that, like, is too much.
0: I get that. To this day, what happened is still unknown despite upwards of 5,000 tips to the police. This is an unsolved case. There is no bodies found. All that we know is that they disappeared that night in 1992, and we know nothing else. Holy crap.
1: And, like, literally all we know for sure is that three women just vanished one night. Everything yeah. else is pretty much speculation. And I'm not gonna say it was the family's fault for traipsing through the crime scene because I honestly don't think there was that much to be found there based on the state they found it in, but we'll never know because Mm -hmm. they've been all over it. And that voicemail could have been something. I wonder what about it, like she doesn't remember what it said, but she remembers it was weird. And what about it was weird, I wonder.
0: I know. I'm so curious. Like it clearly it stuck out
1: to her. Is weird. And it could be. It could have been one person. It could have been multiple. I'm starting to lean towards multiple. But then
0: also, like, it's were so they clean to get three people out. Like, what were you doing yeah. to get the three of them out
1: without unless struggle? Had, yeah, had one of them.
0: Uh, yeah, unless you had a, a, a gun and you were holding it to one of them, and they like cooperated in order to you know not be shot. Which could make sense, yeah. but that's also no one heard anything. That's that such a night risk that they reported. It's just, there's so many unknowns and so many question marks.
1: I would think somebody knocked on the door. It's like very soon after the girls got home, the mom answers because she's still watching TV. Somebody's there, or somebody's, maybe multiple people, holding, there's got to be a gun. I've got no evidence that there's a gun, but a gun is kind of the thing that would make people leave without too much fight. And then they have her call the girls downstairs. One of them has gotten ready for bed. She's in her T-shirt and underwear. They see the mom being held at gunpoint. They're young. They're like 17, 18. They don't know what to do. So they just cooperate because they're scared. And then they load them into a car and then they, something happens probably murder. I, I am unfortunately, I don't think these people are alive. It's but been like,
0: 30 that's, years at this point.
1: It's been 30 years.
0: They could be in that
1: hospital parking lot. Like They do whatever horrible vile thing they decided they were going to do with these people. They're dead at the end of it and then they are like, ah, shoot, we gotta get rid of these bodies. And then there's this open construction site and then they just kind of, you know, bury them. And then concrete gets poured and it's like, I feel like that does make sense. Obviously it sounds like the evidence that we have for that's a little bit up in the air, but it it makes sense. But also like, you didn't even know they were gonna be there and So at the very least, you were going after the mom, and then two more people showed up, and you decided you were going to go for it anyway. What the hell happened here?
0: I know, I know. And that is such a risk. You just, like, tripled what you were trying to do, and that is no guarantee that that is going to go well. But unfortunately, this person got away with it. Yeah, like...
1: Literally anything could have happened. They could, I will admit, there is a small chance that they could still be alive somewhere. Maybe it was like a human trafficking thing, True. but it doesn't really follow those usual patterns. We have absolutely no idea what happened here, which is no horrific that that can just happen, that you're just home, you're at your friend's house, you're at your own home, and then somebody opens the door and then you're gone. I'm very disappointed, Annalise. How could you bring this to yeah, me?
0: That is... That is where I'm gonna leave it. I have kind of imagined that our table is on their porch. And I don't know what the, I can't actually I have seen a picture of their house. I don't think they have like, let me look at this house. They have like I a kind yard. of imagine us, imagine us having our table like it's nighttime. It's kind of foggy. We're Spooky. sitting at this table. There's like the, the porch light with it shattered, but it's emitting a small light. They the light bulb's still small- going yeah they have a very small porch it's not like a wraparound porch it's like a little one but like we're like sitting in the yard it's just us we could be
1: sitting at like a bistro table
0: (laughs) i don't think a bistro table would even fit on this let me show you the picture
1: oh yeah that's not really a porch that's like a a front space but they're like a little yard we could put our
0: yeah yeah our our tables in the the yard yard. i kind of imagine like a foggy kind of night where you know where you like the like it's very spooky um I have a whole picture of this
1: the people who live in that house now who maybe have no idea that this happened in this home are like what are these people doing on our yard (laughs) that always weirds me out is that things can happen in these homes and then like they just change hands and the new people live in it like if somebody dies in the house they have to disclose it do they have to disclose it if like three people vanished from this house do they I've know? Should we have tell them?
0: know with how popular this is.
1: <laughs> true. That's true.
0: Anyway, that's all we have for today. Thanks for stopping by our table of disappointment. You can push in your chair, and we'll see you the next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.